heard. Connecting parents to connected children. Founder, Diane Parrish, sponsored by Nexus Enfield. Welcome to this podcast called Heard It Through the Grapevine. My name is Mervyn Cato. I'm the head of the Secondary Behaviour Support Service. Today's guest, we have Karen Allen, who is an author, speaker, playwright, also a mother of five, and Robert George, who is a family worker and a parenting guru. This episode focuses on getting children to do their chores. Chores, that is the main thing. That is the big one. Um, so, Karen, some examples of when you ask your children to do things, what, what, what do you get? What's the sort of feedback you get back from them? I don't know if it's all lawful to even say on here. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, the, the whole shrugging of the shoulders, why me? You know, why was I born in such an age? Why am I in this family? Yeah. You know, you just get, it's just like you're asking, it's just confusing to me, to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's never, yes, mum, I will do it gladly. What else do you need me to do? So I, t- I tell my kids that, you know, that there's a, there's a magic question that will work for any adult, no matter where you go. They're like, what? So like, if you say to an adult, what can I do to help you? I was like, you will win that adult over. They understand this. I just don't get it. It's a very simple question. Any adult, I say, try it on any adult. What can I do to help you? So I'm like, when it comes to chores, and, and for example, I might say to my son, okay, Stairs. Go hoover the stairs, whatever. Then I'll be like, but you know the landing? You see the landing? That's a part of the whole stair situation. Like, why would you leave the landing and do the stairs? Well, you didn't, oh, you've got to be specific. I'm a man. Men need specific. So I get all kinds of things. Oh, listen, I, I get, I mean, I've got the two girls that are in, in the house and, and it's always, why don't you ask her? Why don't you ask her? Why don't you ask her? It's just non-stop and the thing about you try and give them jobs and they say why have i got this job why isn't the other one getting the job and it's the you give you just can't win the thing about it one of my one of my daughters um, went to university and i'm telling the one that's left to do something and she's looking around and realize she's got no one to just go dad why don't you do it i said what what do you mean why don't i do it i'm dad i'm telling you to do it it's crazy Crazy. Robert, <laughs> tell me some other excuses. You're the parenting guru. What else have you heard around chores? What 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 sort of stuff? Uh, what did your last slave die of? Is is, <laughs> is one quite often often used? Um, and I just think it's that thing with children. They chores is not fun like watching TV and playing computer games and. I mean, but it, it, it's about them taking responsibility. And right. In life, we <laughs> all have to grow and take responsibility. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, Karen, <laughs> do you find yourself having to ask multiple times? Marvin, I'm convinced that when it comes to chores, children have hearing aid issues. They need aids. Because I, what I, again, I find it confusing because I'm like, this is the this is a classic in my house. Yeah, so you know, Amario, can you do this? <clears throat> Amario, remember I told you to do this. So after the seventh time, I'd be like, Amario, huh? and then on the seventh time, now bear in mind, I've asked six times calmly. On the seventh time, when the octave rises, he's like, Why'd you have to shout, Mom? 
I don't understand why you have to shout. I'm like, yo, I cost you six times and there was no volume raised, none. On the seventh time, you want to accuse me of bad parenting. And I'm very extra, my kids will tell you. They're like, they say I'm extra. Because I'll be like, oh, so I'm offending as a parent now because I'm shouting. So it will become a whole new thing. So, yeah, repeating is, is, a, is the challenge, always. Have we lost, when, when we start shouting, have we lost? Have yeah, we, we've lost. I've lost. I lose. Yeah, when I, when I shout, I, I deem it as a failure. Like, Karen, you failed. <laughs> so, so, Robert, where, where are we going wrong? It, it's, a, it's a natural reaction, Karen. I, I totally understand uh, why parents do this. Uh, there's several different ways you can approach this. It's not so much about going wrong. As in, number one, if you can get children to recognise that chores at a very early stage, in the early age, is just a part of everyday normal life and taking responsibility, putting their toys away, uh, tidying their bedroom, uh, simple little things, little, little, as they're young, it's a lot easier to flow into when they start reaching adolescence and, you know, teenage years. Uh, and so there saying, are several Robert, things. So you're basically saying um, you've got to start them as young as possible. Yes. Yeah. What are we Pick talking up their about? Own we talk about five months. <laughs> Pick, up, <laughs> Pick up their own teddy bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think if you can introduce it quite early, and obviously it's going to be age-specific chores. You know, you don't want your, uh, you know, your three-year-old carrying the, 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 the rubbish out three flights of stairs down to the street level. I mean, <laughs> no, it has to be age-appropriate uh, and start them young. That, that, that's really good if you can do that. I mean, and even making their own beds. Yeah, well, I remember when I was doing this for, with, with, with my, my girls, and giving them rewards. I mean, should I be rewarding them? I mean, I had a little star chart for do, making their beds. Is that right? It's, you know. Right. Okay. Uh, and this is a very good system. <clears throat> uh, I say very good system. First thing to remember, uh, with any type of reward charts or incentive chart, as they call them, uh, is not to introduce a chart where a behavior or a chore is not an issue. Uh, there's just no need for that. If children are already doing something, don't suddenly introduce a chart for it. The introduction of a chart is really about there's a behavior that you're trying to get over and get your children to do, and whether that be uh, completing homework, you know, taking rubbish out, uh, setting the, the table up for dinner, whatever it may be, you may want to introduce a chart uh, where they, they receive a point or, or a tick each time they do it. And at the end of the week, you can add up how many points they receive for the week. And then you can talk about, well, what sort of reward they would like. But there's many different ways, but it's about, it's about keeping it simple. And as parents, do not say that you're going to give a reward and then don't do it again. You're making a rod for your own back if you do oh, that. Right. Is that where I went wrong? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Cara, did you use like any kind of reward charts when when the boys were a little bit younger, or do you use it with your little little girl now? 
Yeah, no, I don't. I didn't use a rewards chart because I was never consistent with it. But I did use a, a chores chart. So that, and I, I personally thought that worked amazingly. My boys would totally disagree with me if they were on this call that right now. They'd be like, "No, mum, it didn't work." I believe that the reason why I think it worked is because I didn't have to shout. The reason why they think it didn't work was because that means that they were they were accountable because they chose the chores. So they didn't like that. They would prefer to say, oh, I didn't know I had to do it and then get me screaming rather than just do it. So I didn't do a rewards thing, um, but where I literally would have a chart on the wall that says Monday, you're doing this and, you know, all the little squares and color it in. I love all of that creative stuff. That's where I felt that my blood pressure remained at a very decent level. Yeah. So, so okay, let's give a scenario. So let's just say we've got some sort of a chart up where everybody does chores. So yes. for instance, I know in my house, we had this like washing up dishes um, timetable. So, you know, everybody had their days where they washed the dishes and stuff. Robert, is there a way that parents, if this is for instance, um, the child hasn't done what they're meant to do, um, which is on their on their timetable. Is there a way we should be asking our children, or is it why haven't you done the dishes, or why haven't you? I mean, I know I get I get like that sometimes, but I, I I don't think so. How we deliver the message over? How should it be done, Rob? No, and I, I think that that's great. And if you remember from our last session, we spoke about family meetings. Yeah. And what it is is at those meetings, you're getting your children's buy-in. Yeah. And if they're part of the whole process of introducing something, whether it be washing up on certain nights, the beauty of it is when it comes around to that time, several days, weeks later, you can say, well, if I remind you about that, you know, that uh, meeting we had, and we said that on Tuesdays and Fridays was going to be your day, what you're now doing is actually your, we are, empowering our children because they realize that they have a responsibility now as children they don't always want that responsibility but they realize that actually they were part of the whole process of this coming into play and it's a psychological thing because when they realize they were actually part of this something inside them goes off and they think not all the time but mostly think oh it's my turn mm. does that make sense yeah. And it, that way, children are beginning to understand that uh, their words, their bonds, and also that life is responsibility, has responsibilities and the part they play in that. I hope that, that sounded that's didn't good. sound too complicated. That's, no, that's good stuff. No, that's that's really good stuff. Good. But um, Karen, have you ever come to the time when your child just don't want to do, just doesn't like doing the chore <clears> and you thought about, okay, I'm not going to let them do this. I'm going to do give them something. Have you given them options? Yeah, I had to. Yeah, it was too it was too much for my head. So one child, one son does not like washing up at all. Like it's like you're asking him to to go to the electric chair. So what we had to do in a family meeting, the child. So but thankfully, I have a son who loves to wash up. Like that's his therapy. He loves to be in the kitchen with the music. So they made it. They actually made an exchange that. He will do the washing up on the days that the other one should, and the other one will do all of the washing, the laundry, which he doesn't mind. So he doesn't mind putting in the clothes, getting them dried, 
folding them. So they made that exchange. So we don't ever have that issue. On that issue what if on you didn't corner. have that option though? What if you didn't, didn't have that option or you've got one child? Would you just say, okay, you're not doing oh, that? Oh, no, 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 no. If I didn't have the option, then it has to be what it has to be. So, uh, so for example, there is for, like the bins, the alternative. With the bins, there are kids that don't like to do it, but they have to take alternatives because there's no one child who wants to do all the bins. So there are definite chores. I hated that... the bins. I hated the bins. <laughs> so there are definite chores. Why do the is... boys always get the bins? <laughs> <laughs> there are chores that they have to do whether they want to or not, but there are other chores. Because I have five children where they can negotiate amongst them. As long as it gets done, I'm like, as well. But I do say to the guy, to the son that doesn't like washing up, when you do get your own place, you're going to have to wash up. That's so. Right. So at the end of the day, you might you might skip it at home, but it's definitely going to catch up with you in life. So don't. But that's the negotiation I let them have amongst themselves on on certain chores. Yeah. Now, so 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 Rob, do you agree with that? Do you do you agree that if if a child really doesn't want to do something, um, should you just say, okay, you're not going to do it. That's it. Because what are we setting them up for? Aren't they just going to do that on another chore? I think, and this goes back to what I was saying uh, before, is about understanding the temperature of your home oh, yeah. and that we are individuals. <laughs> and it's so important to work with what's going on in your environment. Yeah. And uh, there will be some chores, like Karen mentioned, that are, are not up for discussion, yeah. not up for debate. They need to be done. Uh, but where you can, and there can be some flexibility, you no, know, certainly allow that flexibility to, you know, take place within your home. Absolutely. So, so okay, you look at Karen's situation, a lot of parents, um, a lot of mothers are, um, you know, they're singly bringing up their child. Is it a good idea to maybe get in another, if, 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 a, if a mum or a, or a single parent father's struggling is it good sometimes to maybe bring in somebody else a brother or a sister to come and talk to your children Robert would, would is that something you would promote I would have to understand where that brother or sister's at because if they're gonna have a say like that within the home you want to know that they can be on the same wavelength yeah. as you and uh, whatever the information they pass on to your children it's conducive to what you know, what you're thinking, and how you're raising your children. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell really you why, why I say that, Robert. I mean, I could, I could be telling one of my girls, "Can you do that? Can you do that?" And it's always like it's taking. I sound like a broken record. My brother can okay. just come in and say, "Can you do that?" And they're just gone. Okay. Hey, here, uncle. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah. what's going on there? What am I doing wrong? Right. It's 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 that whole thing about a dripping tap. Sometimes yeah. we as periods going to be almost like a dripping tap, drip, 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 and it becomes annoying. Whereas uh, an uncle or an aunt or another family member could come in and they'll do it straight. Young people will respond straight away, which it's it's saying something about relationship because they say um, familiarity breeds contempt. Sometimes we're so close to the situation that yeah, it could be because of us rubbing our children up the wrong way something we we need to be mindful of and that's all built on the relationship development as well but it still goes back to um getting a village to raise a child 
And if yeah. you can get your support network in place, there's nothing wrong, I guess, in bringing in somebody else to speak to your children if, if they're thinking that you're becoming that dripping tap. What do you think about that, Karen? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I lean very, 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 very heavily on my village, very heavily. Um, but like Robert said, I, I have already ensured that my, my village is checked to make sure that we're on the same wavelength, that we have similar values, etc. So when when I do get to that stage where I'm like, you know what, they're just not listening, I will call in auntie, uncle, grandma, granddad, cousin, niece. And like my, my kids will say, why do you have to tell the whole family? I'm like, well, you know, I'm not listening. <laughs> you have to tell the whole family. But that's how it feels to them. But yeah, I depend very, very heavily. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do it. That that's one of my favorite quotes. It takes a village because there's no way that I could do this without a village. No, no way. totally, totally not. So, so, so think about it. one of the things that we always talk about in any form of parenting skills is that you can't change anyone. You can only change you. Right. So some of some parents, um. Well, but where do you think we're going wrong? What do you think we have to do to prepare ourselves? Well, you know, um, let's, let's put the mirror on us now. What as parents, what do we, what, would, what, what should we be doing? Right, uh, again, really, really good question. And I think it's so important, a crucial part of parenting is parents looking after themselves. Oh. It's, it's a crucial part yeah, because unless you are in a place mentally emotionally physically oh. it's sometimes really hard to be able to manage a busy household and so then it's always important to take time for yourself as a parent and make sure that your needs are being met and that you're on kind of like on on, on level ground and that way you don't re react uh, to, you know negatively to situations that may arise and situations are going to come. There's no doubt about it. So that's, that's a key factor, I think. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, Karen, what sort of things do you do to kind of make sure your well-being is in check? What 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 things would you would you give? I'm at a hotel break as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I am so serious. I took four days out because I get to the stage where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go away because I want all my children to live long lives, long, <laughs> healthy lives. <laughs> so I'm going to take some time. And that's what I did this week. I took, I have, again, the village. I remember I got five children. People, I often get single moms say to me, how do you go away so much? And my response is always, how do you not? Because I will just chew <laughs> with that auntie over there. Now that my eldest is 18, he can look after the big two. I need five nights of sleep, uninterrupted. I don't want to don't call my phone. If there's a fire, call your, your auntie. Yeah, I'll be back after. But Robert, that's like one of the key, especially for single mums and dads, I guess, too. You have to, because if your mind, getting away and count and therapy, those are my two, I, I sing about this all the time, getting your mind right, because it filters through to your kids. Through to your kids, so you have to. It's non-negotiable. And, and thankfully, I'm one of those mums who model it. I model it like, bye, see you in a week. You 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 got you yeah you you have to recharge your batteries. Or yeah. what basically happens? You're just shouting all the time, all and the time. um and that's not good. I mean, Robert, have you got any other like techniques or 
um, ideas what parents could do to um, just make sure their well-being is fine? What, what would you suggest? It's, it's also looking, again, at self and are you enjoying life? Are you succeeding at life? Is life what you thought it was going to be, you know, yeah. 10, 15 years ago? These little checks are often quite good because it helps you assess and evaluate your own situation and where you're at and then get support. Like Karen was saying, so important to have a network around you, people you can touch base with, uh, mm. people you, you can talk with and, and can reassure you and also help you where, where possible. So, yeah, very, very key. Um, no, no, so, I mean, one of some of the things that I do, you know, sport is something that I can just go jogging and just pretend that I'm in the Olympics in a race. Just take, just take your mind somewhere else. I mean, the imagination is fantastic sometimes, what it can do. When, we, when you're young, you, you make up some imaginary stuff and you can still do it. So yeah. just go on, going on walks. I know, Karen, you like to yeah. do your walks as well. Absolutely, yeah. It's really important you do get some time out because, yeah. you know, in, in, in the time that we are in, you know, you can really just blow blow your head and it's, it's yeah. really... And, and going back to that stop, start, continue as well. <laughs> so, so just write down things that you need to stop, things that you need to start and things that you need to continue and, and basically just focus on one stop, one start, one continue. Um, it could be even something to do with your diet. It could be exercise, you know, just write it down and every week change a stop, start, continue one of the things you're going to stop stop shouting okay if you're going to stop shouting what's the opposite to stop shouting <laughs> you, know, you know shouting gets nowhere you know so you shout people shout back at you you know right. so so these are the things just simple things you need to put in put in place karen is there anything you're going to do different to um you know because obviously going on hotels you know it can it can be really costly yeah, but again, I've got a great village. They just put together and send me away. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed and very highly favoured. It can be, it can be costly, but just, just to highlight the walking. So things that genuinely don't cost and what, what they, they save you, it is, is an explosion in your household. So I took up walking um two years ago in 2018, it completely transformed my life. I would walk for three, four hours, like two hours that way and two hours back. And my kids know, and I would do it obviously at five. So uh, my mornings are priceless between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. are priceless times for me. So, and I say this to a lot of mums, they're like, how do you get the time? Like, you have to, you have to make them. We've all got the same 24 hours. You have to determine where is your mental health? How important is your mental health? So things that don't cost are things like you're saying about exercise, just finding something that really takes you away from your reality and puts you in a better space so that you can come back and be revived. So it doesn't have to be um, four-star hotel breaks, but I think you should add that too. <laughs> so, so it's really, I've learned a lot from, from, what, from both of you guys. I mean, Rob, is there, is there a, do you want to summarize? We're talking about chores. We're talking about really adults, how we deal with it ourselves. Ultimate. Do you want to do a little summarise um, of, of what we've spoken about today, Robert? Yeah, sure. Um, first thing, assess the situation in your own home. Identify key areas of need 
and whether that is bringing more balance to home with regards to, you know, certain chores being done and by certain individuals, uh, assess any other difficult needs within the home. And the really important things, think about things like finances, uh, things such as our practicalities of everyday life. It's really important to understand what your weekly schedule looks like. Yeah. And some things you may have to drop, some things may have to stop. And like you said, stop, start and continue. So we're constantly doing that, but access, you know, you've got to be prioritized, you know, how you use that. That's really key. And look after yourself, really, really important. Otherwise you won't be there for the kids. Yeah. yeah. No, that's brilliant. Thank you very much. And just reminding you, um, if you want to follow us, um, our Twitter address is at Heard Enfield and Facebook address is forward slash Heard Enfield. Um, I just want to thank um, my guests today, Karen Allen and, and Robert George. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Um, and um, check us out again. Bless you all. Bye. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Okay, thank, thank you, you very much. All right, bye.